Welcome to the Criswell College Chapel Podcast. Throughout each semester, the entire campus gathers for worship through song and a biblical, challenging, and encouraging message. Speakers include pastors, professors, and local business and nonprofit leaders. At Criswell, we believe spiritual life is vital for everyone, and that is why Criswell's goal in chapel services is to emphasize loving the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, and all our strength. We cultivate leaders who are ambassadors, cultivators, peacemakers, problem solvers, and professionals. While chapel services are tailored to students, we're encouraged by all our guest speakers by knowing that the practicality of what is being spoken is for everyone. To learn more about Criswell College, visit criswell.edu. Thank you for joining us. Today we'll be hearing from Tamiko Jones. Tamiko Jones has been the executive director and treasurer for the Women's Missionary Union of Texas since November 2017. She is the first African-American to hold the top administrative position with Texas WMU in its 143-year history. Jones earned an undergraduate degree in electrical engineering from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, a Master of Business Administration degree from the University of Dallas, and a Master of Arts in Christian Education degree from Dallas Baptist University. She is currently a doctoral candidate in DBU's Gary Cook School of Leadership. Without further ado, Tamiko Jones. Can you hear me? All right, all right, amen. Well, good morning. The lights are bright. Might have to move around just a little bit. It is so good to be with you today. This is my first time to visit campus, and so I'm elated, like really excited to be here. Thank you, Dr. Kramer, um, Sister Cecia, Brother Lewis, I see you, for the invitation to be able to come and share with you today. As mentioned, I am Tamiko Jones, and you know what? She read a lot of stuff. But what I want you to hear me say, none of it could could have been possible without the Lord and obedience to the Lord. And so all praises to God for all of the stuff that's on that paper. I serve with a group of extraordinary women across the state of Texas and this nation as we seek to make disciples who make disciples. How many of you have ever heard of WMU of Texas? You know, we got a little maybe in the front. Well, that's wonderful. You know why? Because I get to introduce you to WMU of Texas. And I know we're gonna have Q&A afterwards, so we'll share a little bit more about that. But now we're 143 years old, founded in 1880, an organization of women that would love to pray, give, and go. And so in this season of WMU of Texas, things are a little bit different in that it's diverse and in that we are not seeking to to give you a prescription of what missions looks like but we are here to walk alongside congregations and individuals as you are answering the call from the Lord. And so we are grateful to be able to serve. We have what's called the Mary Hill Davis offering for Texas missions. And through that offering, we're able to support over 80 ministries each year that are seeking to meet the needs of their community and to reach the lost right where they are. And so through that offering, we assist BSMs and college campuses as they are attempting to do those things that God has called them to do as well. And so with all of those intros out of the way, I wanna say today that I am amazed, amazed 
that God has assembled this blessed team of leaders and educators here at Chriswell to ensure you're able to thrive in Christian community, to ensure that when you leave this campus, you are educated, you are equipped and empowered to serve in the name of Jesus. Amen. I am amazed that his amazing grace, the grace that is sufficient for us, more so in our weakness, has allowed each of us to be here today. We should not take that for granted. I am amazed that but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. That is in 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. I enjoyed an enriching career as an electrical engineer, traveling the world, engaging in various cultures, learning to thrive and adapt to environments as the only female and a lot of times the only minority, and definitely the only country girl from 96 South Carolina in the room. Talk to me about that later. I know you have questions. That's the name of the town, 96. Ask me something about that, yes. I served the local congregation in a foundation-building, history-making, God-honoring role meant to bolster my strength, highlight the importance of perseverance, and create an environment of self-discovery. And now I am blessed to lead this 143-year-old organization for the state of Texas as the adaptable, strengthened person you see standing here today. Even in my amazement, though, I have a confession to make. 25, 15, even 10 years ago, this would not have been my dream. Let it soak in. I had plans, plans to be married by now, plans to have a family by now, plans to be living on the East Coast by now, enjoying the breeze blowing through my hair as I rode my red motorcycle, probably a Kawasaki Ninja, I think, something powerful, on Sunday afternoons. Well, maybe, you know, as you're thinking about the plans that maybe you had for your life, they may not line up to what I've just listed here, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. I had plans. But what I've learned over the years since college graduation about trusting God's plan for my life is that I must do three things. I must be flexible. I must trust my process. And I must choose to move forward. Be flexible. Trust your process and choose to move forward. Many of you are are probably asking yourself the same questions I ask myself on a daily basis. Am I doing the right thing? How many of you have asked yourself that lately? Is this going anywhere? Will I get there? Will all of this effort pay off in the end? Is it worth it? Hmm. And the answers, I'm here to tell you, to all of those questions is yes. You, doing the right thing, may seem to have the wrong outcome sometimes. Your ideal straight path to success may have a few detours or bumps along the way. Becoming successful according to your definition, because there are several definitions of success, it may seem decades away. But in order to enjoy the journey, 
you must be flexible. I read a quote not too long ago. It was now made famous by an Instagram celebrity. I won't call any names. But the quote says, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. That's true. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. Don't let yesterday take up too much of today. Whenever you find yourself doubting how far you can go, just remember how far you have come. All of the battles, all of the fears now conquered. How many of you knew that you would be here at Chriswell today? I didn't think I saw any hands. Wow, the power of God, his plans. Be flexible and keep moving forward. Sometimes God closes doors because it's time to move forward. He knows you won't move unless your circumstances force you to move. Trust your process. I put your there instead of trust the process. Trust your process because what it takes for you to grow may not be what it takes for me to grow. And so my process, my journey is one that has been crafted by the Lord, a story that is being written by God because he knows what Tamiko needs in order to step out of her comfort zone, in order to grow, in order to be the leader he has called me to be. And so trust your process. God's got you. In Psalms 56 and 3, turn there with me. Psalm 56 and 3, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. <clears throat> it's a short scripture. Psalm 56 and 3. Here David is speaking of the Lord and he says, I, I still hear pages turning, so I'm glad to hear that. Okay. It says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. This psalm written by David under circumstances of great distress, great crisis, it shows David, David from the tribe of Judah, from Bethlehem, the great-grandson of Ruth and Boaz. Yes, David, the youngest of Jesse's sons, the, the shepherd boy who was anointed by Samuel at the age of 12 to be the future king of Israel. This David, the one who had to face his giant named Goliath, and he did slay him. The same David who was far from perfect but was still described as a man after God's own, own heart. David knew that trusting God meant trusting God's process for his growth. James 1 and 12 reminds us that blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. All of our journeys are different from the day we were born until the day we die. I have one brother, older brother, and even though we were born to the same parents, lived in the same home, raised the same, you could say, our journeys have been different. What has been required for me to learn and to grow and to step out and to lead is something different that was required of him to do the same. And so our journeys are different. 
the one thing we can all say we have in common is that we will have trials and tribulations. It says that in the word, meaning that there are going to be some tough times. <laughs> you know, if you came to college as an all-A high school student or used to receiving all A's, and then when you get that first B or C or a little bit lower, <laughs> it happens, and it's difficult because it's change, and it's part of the journey, something that, that was needed to, to be learned there. But we all suffer in some way. We are called to be patient in tribulation, constant in prayer, for the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So trust your process. Turn to your neighbor like we do at church. Say, trust your process. Trust your process. You're being encouraged by your neighbor right now. Grapes must be crushed to make wine. Diamonds form under pressure. Olives are pressed to release the oil. Seeds grow in darkness, buried beneath dirt. Even in planting seeds, you have to wait for whatever you planted to grow. The day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. That's a hard one. The day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. That means there's a little bit of waiting. You have to wait. And that's difficult for many of us to do. But trust your process and keep moving forward. Finally, you may not have all the answers. Your situation may cause the weak to tremble, those around you to wonder why you can still smile in the midst of all the stuff you have going on. Your grades may not look the way you want them to look today. You may have suffered some rejections, but you must choose to move forward. It is your choice. In April of 1960, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Issued, issued a challenge during a student rally held in the Sisters Chapel on the campus of Spelman College in Atlanta. At the time of his speech, the United States was in a time of political unrest. Social justice issues headlined the national news articles, as well as the evening dinner table conversations. Dr. King said, keep moving. For it may well be that the greatest song has not yet been sung. The greatest book has not yet been written. The highest mountain has not yet been climbed. This is your challenge. Reach out and grab it. But there is something we can learn from the broken grammar of that mother that, that we must keep moving. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Your challenge is to keep moving forward. Focus on your goals in life despite facing difficulties. Dr. King did not want people to think about impossibilities. Rather, he inspired them to focus on possibilities. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 reminds us, 
But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Criswell students, as you think about where you are on this day, this is September 5th of 2023. We've gotten through the pandemic. Um, We're still suffering from that disease, but we're not where we were. Trust the process. You made it this far on your journey of life. Trust the process. Be, Be flexible, we always have plans. If you don't, you know, it's not a bad thing to have some plans. But be flexible knowing that God's plan is the best plan for your life. And then be sure to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Don't stay where you are. Growth happens oftentimes because there's a loss or some other change. It's not necessarily, um, a lot of people will talk about grief and they'll say, you know, we're grieving a person that has passed on. Yeah, that's true. But grief is any loss, any change. You can grieve those things, but you keep moving forward. And so I'm here to encourage you today. Think of a situation in your head. You may have come in here asking the Lord to speak directly to you. I pray that he has, but be flexible. Trust your process and keep moving forward. Thank you. And Tamiko. Tamiko. You're very specific. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, We're going to have some uh, guys set up a chair for us so that we can uh, have an interview. But I do want to ask you, while you're you're just standing here, 96. I mean, (laughs) come on. Inside story on that. So you really can Google it. It's a small town in the upstate of South Carolina. Two stoplights now. We have a few restaurants, but it's a Revolutionary War town. And so the, the name of the town is 96. You can write the number. You can spell it out. It'll get there. So Google it. <laughs> okay, yeah. so a Revolutionary War town. Uh-huh. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Now, seriously, do you have any idea what, why it's named that number? Yes. Somebody, look, somebody <laughs> rode 96 miles to tell somebody else that somebody was coming. <laughs> ah, I got you. And that's all it took. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I, here's a, a serious question for you. And, and for those of you who have questions, if you get your hand up, then we'll get a microphone to you and we'll be ready for your questions in just a second. But the first one, you know, from me is pretty straightforward. Well, I think it's straightforward. So I pastored for a long time. I'm in a lot of different churches, just like you're in a lot of different churches. And, you know, I would say WMU in uh, most, uh, not most, in some pastors' minds, WMU is a little like if, if we were in the Beauty and the Beast movie, mm-hmm. it would be the door you don't go, right. you don't go behind that door. Mm-hmm. Uh, the terrifying aspect of all the blue-haired women who are in that room having more authority than you'll ever have mm-hmm. and not allowing you to change anything they do, I think is how a lot of pastors understand the WMU. It's just how on earth have you related to that and... What does it actually look like as you're looking forward in the WMU? Well, thank you for that question. Um, I always love getting an opportunity to reintroduce WMU. First of all, do I have blue hair? (laughs) Oh, you do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, I don't have blue hair. I'm saying that to say in today's time, 
WMU looks different. Yes, an organization 143 years old has a legacy. Um, I, I have to say that we stand on some broad shoulders. Those ladies raised monies for missionaries. You've heard of Lottie and Annie, and well, maybe you haven't, so I'll tell you, Lottie Moon, um, that's the IMB Christmas offering, and then the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Those are named after two ladies who were a part of WMU Life nationally um, that have, have done some amazing things to push missions forward here in this country. But we're at, in, in a time where things have to look different. And they look different for us in that our staff is extremely diverse. So you can kind of Google us and look us up and you'll see that. But not, not only does the staff look diverse, we no longer go into churches and tell pastors, this is what you have to do. Um, the women in the churches um, are not doing that either because God tells each of us something different. And I pray that we're listening directly to the Lord in, in what we need to be doing in our communities. What we say now is number one, take another look. Take another look at the organization. But number two, we exist to engage um, your church and local mission. So it could be your church, it could be a group, or it can be an individual, you know, whatever God says. But to engage in local missions, we do that through missions discipleship materials. And so if you've ever participated in Awanas growing up or, or now in your church, it's not Awanas, but it's very similar. And so we have that for all age levels. But also we engage by doing mission projects. So one of the projects we have is called the Women's Build. And so we are on the 13th house um, that we've built each October there in the Panitas area of McAllen Mission. So they're on the border. And so it's a team of women now. All of the houses are still standing. <laughs> That's what I got. But so we engage in local missions, but we also establish partnerships for missions. We're supporting our BSMs. We are supporting all of those ministries through the offering, but we're supporting um, organizations like Texas Baptist Men and providing water and water wells and all of those things. And so then we empower for worldwide missions. We just started a wonderful partnership with the um, conventions, the Baptist conventions there in Tanzania and Uganda. And so all of that work is occurring because of participants and the church is sending individuals that have expressed a calling to missions and wanting to do more in their community. So the organization, yes, we have some broad shoulders we're standing on, but take another look if you've, if you've ever looked of heard or heard of WMU of Texas because God is doing a new thing. Amen. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, WMU has been the juggernaut uh, promoting missions for the last 143 mm -hmm. years. Uh, not just in Texas, but around the country. So it is the big deal, and it's a huge deal that you're leading that. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that. And you make me realize that y'all have no idea what a blue-haired person is. Don't. So, they don't. Uh, it's, it, it's a statement about age. Yeah. So that's all. It's a, uh, you know, blue-haired blue -haired old ladies is a way of describing a certain class of people that mm -hmm. I, will not, I will not further characterize. And, and, and I just, you know... And I'm just saying, I, I appreciate... I'm, I'm just telling you, it's common language, right? It, it is common language, and, and I do appreciate the transparency. And we're just being very transparent. Um, we still have a lot of older participants, but they are realizing um, that literally that generation is dying. And so if, if things don't change... The organization won't be able to continue. And, I'm, and I know somebody has a question right here. I'm, I'm going to come to you in just a yeah. second, Jonathan. 
I just want to make this point for you all in talking about Tomiko. Uh, and I've been in denominational life for a long time, and it is hard to make changes in the way people practice their religion, in whatever form that is. And nothing would be harder to move or transform in Texas Baptist life than the WMU, and nobody's making bigger changes and better strides in actually introducing help and movement in the right direction than Tomiko Jones. So if you want to talk to somebody who really knows how to make a positive difference to promote the cause of the gospel. Uh, this is a person you ought to spend some time with and talk with because she's actually doing it. So, uh, Jonathan, you had a question. Hi, yes, hello. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so I just had a quick question, obviously. Um, what do you think that one of the larger misconceptions about missions is that we as Christians might have, and how are you guys hoping to help us change those misconceptions misconceptions and kind of have a better view about it so well one thing I know and and that I'm continuing to learn as I engage with different cultures um, different cultures may have a different way of expressing themselves through missions and so when I first started uh, volunteering with the organization probably 10 years prior to taking this position um, it was known that you know or or stated and I'll speak about African-American churches, for instance, that African-American churches don't go out of the country. They will do community missions. Now, that may have had a percentage of truth, but that's not entirely true. We have African-American missionaries. We know about international mission boards. So, you know, uh, many blanket statements have been made regarding cultures. Um, another thing that I have noticed and that I appreciate Texas Baptists, for instance, and that they are now training indigenous missionaries. And so it's not so much you're going to send a missionary from the United States to live among the people and to teach the people your way. It's we're going to train your people to train your people. And so I appreciate that because there's something to be said about learning about missions or actually engaging in missions by learning from someone that looks like you. And so those things are some of the different things that we are doing, not just WMU, but our state convention as well. So, you know. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Got a question right here? Yes, ma'am. Hi. Um, so during your time of transitioning from home, especially being a minority and from the country, how did you adapt to opening up to community and break from isolation, especially being around people who really don't understand like the struggle and where you came from? Ooh. You know what? I, I like to say that it was a, a divine setup. The Lord set me up. Coming from um, 96 South Carolina, 96 was probably about 60, 40 um, 60% um, Caucasian, 40% African-American. But all of my classes, I did all the honors classes and all the things. So um, in all of my classes, I was probably one, sometimes one of two that was in the classes. So from that point on through, um, through high school, that was the situation for me. So I became you know, used to being a min minority in the room. Well, when I graduated from college, I had um, scholarships um, full scholarships to many colleges um, because I was doing engineering. So Georgia Tech, um, Spelman slash Georgia Tech Partnership, Virginia Tech, Clemson, all of those schools, even Mount Holyoke for a liberal education. 
Um, but I chose to attend an HBCU, which is a historically black college and university, just because, uh, well, they also offered a full scholarship. They also have one of the top engineering programs in the country, but also because I needed more education about myself and who I was and to actually experience a time in my life where I was not a minority. And so that was wonderful for me. And so coming from that background, then being thrust into the engineering world where I pretty much was the manager my entire career, but being the, the only female on the team and you're the boss, the only minority on the team and you're the boss, boy, I developed some thick skin. And so that thick skin has prepared me for ministry. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that actually makes sense. Uh, while we have this uh, last question from the students, uh, if the musicians are coming up to do one more song, come up now, please. Thank you. All righty. Uh, so my question is more on the, the topic of your sermon. But uh, what oftentimes I feel like uh, we can mix up what God's telling us and what we're telling ourselves. And my question to you is because for me personally, this happens to me, I feel like all the mm -hmm. time. I get so bought in what I feel like God's telling me, but it's really myself, that how do you discern which what's, what's from God and then what's from your own personal? That's right. That's right. Well, you know, as I, wonderful question. Thank you for that. As I've grown, I began to um, understand how God speaks to me. <laughs> like how he stirs up things in my life. Um, I'm a three, about a 3.15 a.m. person. That's when God wakes me up and I need to listen. I know when he's talking. However, I had to get to that point. And so what it took for me was being intentional about my study time, being intentional about my prayer time, being intentional about who I was surrounding myself with so that when God sends a confirmation, I could trust that confirmation, you know, based on who is sending it through sometimes. But it's nothing like knowing the voice of the Lord. And so that's, that's growth, that's you, that's part of your process, developing those skills and those tools where you know, oh, this is nobody but the Lord. This is not me talking. Um, oftentimes when I know it's me, I can't see past a certain point with it. So it's limited. But when I'm like, okay, Lord, this has got to be you because I couldn't have planned this. I don't have a plan for this. I'm just saying yes and walking through the door. The Lord leads and he provides and he guides. And so I'm still honing my tool set to be able to know it's the voice of the Lord. It changes every time I get a new, new situation. I, I need to grow. And so I, I grow a different tool to be able to hear from the Lord. But that's, that's a daily, a lifetime thing. But the more you study and spend time with him, the, the closer you become to him and you know it's him speaking to you. And I'll briefly just reinforce this answer by saying with you especially uh, how you're modeling this in some ways because, uh, you know, for an engineer and an engineer's mind mm -hmm. to accept a voice from God at 3.15 in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, on the hope that you're being obedient to him, that's, that's a different challenge because there's not an easy formula. There's not a simple way to, to just click your finger. And yet here you are being obedient to the Lord, moving forward, growing all along the way. That's a whole yeah. other session. Yeah. yeah that whole process. I can talk to you about some obedience. We'll have I you really back can. for it. All right. Y'all join me again in, in thanking Tamiko for coming to join Thank us you. today. Thank you so much. 
Thank you once again for listening to the Criswell College Chapel Podcast. Please make sure to visit criswell.edu to learn more about Criswell College. We hope that you will join us again soon. God bless you.